listening to the Multifamily Podcast, brought to you by Ron Ruiz and Martin Canchola, co-founders of Apartment SEO, a premier Google agency, where we discuss current multifamily and real estate trends, apartment marketing strategies, and speak with some of the most influential thought leaders shaping the multifamily industry today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Multifamily Podcast with Ron and Martin. I am very excited today for today's guest as he's been involved with Apartment SEO since the very inception. Not only did he develop the first version of the Apartment SEO website, but he has also been a vital part of evolving our website product into what it is today. It is my pleasure to introduce Robert Watson, Director of Digital Marketing for iZone Marketing, sister company of Apartment SEO. This should be a fun, entertaining, and very informative podcast, so buckle up and let's get right into it. Robert Watson, welcome to the Multifamily Podcast. Ron, Martin, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I remember talking about uh, creating this podcast a long, long time ago when uh, I first started getting into podcasts in like 2012 when I moved to California. I had no family, so I started listening to Joe Rogan and all the cool uh, Southern California comedians that started podcasts. And then we were working at the same company at the time. We should do a podcast. Uh, but yeah, I'm super stoked to to be on today. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Yeah, definitely. And Rob, I mean, you have been with us. I feel like we all gave birth uh, together uh, very much the concept of Apartment SEO when Martin and I started around that same time frame. Actually, you guys already had known each other. And I remember you saying, uh, I think candidly to me, you're like, yeah, I think Martin's onto something with this one with uh, working with Ron. So <laughs> I know you've endorsed us from day one. Um, and you've definitely supported the vision and the dream and actually have taken us to a whole nother level just by way of your uh, inspired thought and you know you're a uh, jack of all trades i mean i this podcast is going to be awesome for everybody listening and it certainly does not we don't have enough time to cover everything that rob knows but we definitely should have him as a guest even more so we haven't even started and i can't wait for him to come back <laughs> but uh, we have a lot lots of emerging technologies to cover today so let's start with the first big topic and this is a fun one because there is a lot of buzz around the open ai's chat gpt product so Rob, can you first explain what this product is? It's new, just in case some of our audience haven't hasn't had a chance to hear about it. Yeah, so ChatGPT is a, they call it a large language model. And it's developed by a company called OpenAI. Uh, they were kind of put together for the purpose of protecting the world against AI and what it could be. Uh, so a bunch of uh, tech millionaires got together uh, to kind of develop a, a system around how do we develop AI in a way that is scalable uh, because before before these guys uh, started putting it together uh, it was incredibly expensive to do any kind of machine learning so what it actually does um, ChatGPT is a large uh, language model developed by OpenAI and it uses uh, deep learning techniques generated uh, by human like text models and what that means is they've essentially taken a bunch of samples of conversations, samples of all the data on the website. So they scrape websites, they scrape Google, uh, they scrape Yelp. They put all this data uh, into the machine and then they, they can ask it questions. So um, can you find me a five-star restaurant that serves duck on Sundays? And it will go through, it'll scrape its data model, and it will be able to respond back to you in human format. It'll say. Uh, based on where you're located, um, this restaurant has the best duck and it has a five-star rating. So it, it's designed to communicate with you in a way that feels like you're talking with humans. So a little bit different than um, what we're used to, like on a Google search where you type in maybe a question and it gives you a bunch of 
options back that you can pick from. This just essentially creates uh, the response for you. Okay, so there was a recent article that I came across. It was talking about Microsoft being partnership with ChatGPT. Can you speak on the impact this could have for Bing taking users away from Google search engine over time? Do you see this as an actual threat to Google? Uh, I don't see it as a direct threat to Google and Bing. Um, ChatGPT has a lot of great features. And when you start playing with it, you go, oh, wow, you could use this instead of Google or Bing, any kind of search engine. Uh, The main thing that it's good for is like quick responses or maybe um, helping you write a more professional email. Uh, but what it, it's not a, uh, a data set that's 100% accurate. So they have old data. So ChatGPT, for example, hasn't been updated since uh, 2021. So any if you ask something like relevant, like who won the baseball game yesterday, it doesn't work because it doesn't have that data. It's really designed for having a large data set and then refining answers based on the existing data. Really, the big advantage uh, for the search engines here is they get to hone and, and craft uh, the responses. So how do you see agencies using ChatGPT in the future? And I actually just saw that they launched their own ChatGPT Pro for a nominal $20 monthly uh, the other day. What are some use cases that you've seen? Fun fact, I am. I have a ChatGPT Pro account. Uh, we're waiting for another member in our team to get their uh, their name pulled off the list. Uh, but yeah, it, it's really interesting. Uh, there's a couple different ways that we could use it, especially if you have a smaller agency that doesn't have a lot of customer support staff. Uh, you can build a, a ChatGPT bot. You can get their API and you can train it for like your most common asked questions. And you can train it with the correct responses you want. So if like you have a chat bot or a customer service bot uh, and somebody keeps asking, oh, what time do you open? Or I have this specific issue and I'm getting this error code. You could program it to understand what the error codes are and then respond back with the appropriate support. You could do it for content generating. Uh, You want a blog post written, a social post written. It's pretty good at writing just generic content. Uh, You still need to refine it so you can make sure to use the right hashtags and stuff. Uh, chatbots, generally speaking, it's like, it's literally designed to be a chatbot. That's why it's called ChatGPT. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, chat, uh, companies out there. Hopefully their products are going to be getting a lot more, uh, user-friendly, uh, due to this, uh, this AI, uh, large language models. Now, how can you see the multifamily industry utilizing ChatGPT in the future? Yeah, the multifamily industry, it's pretty interesting because you guys have a wide uh, variety of uh, in-person kind of marketing and digital marketing. Um, Obviously, chatbots for lead generation. I know there's companies out on the market that that's their their primary business model. Um, You could create your own version of that with your own training set so that it's responding exactly the way you want. Like if you're a large um, property management uh, company. And you have a lot of properties and you want them to be all managed the same way, you could train the, the chatbot to respond. Uh, that way, virtual tours, uh, content generation again, and then customer service and support, you can kind of train them. Uh, you can train the bots on any kind of model you want. So if there's like specific tasks inside of, uh, inside of any business uh, and they're repetitive, like what Martin and I used to build web bots for, to go onto a website, click that button, sign in, download this. Uh, that's essentially what you can train these bots to do. 
uh, and at the same time communicate in uh, human-like conversation versus command command prompts. I remember those human those uh, bots you guys would make. <laughs> I remember being like, "What? Well, that's cool." <laughs> yeah, I remember like at uh, at our old company, I'd have like how many computers, Rob? We were just you know just running them all day, just making sure the machine you know wouldn't mess up. And yeah, it was crazy. They'd break all the time. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. So, what's your take on uh, why Google's founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin are returning to Google given the success of Chat GBT's initial launch? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, they're coming back because of ChatGPT specifically, or because they need some some fresh thoughts on how to how to approach this. Because it it's a threat to their model in the sense that Google gets paid based on people seeing and clicking on ads. And if you can go to one website and ask any question, or Siri, like if they build this into Siri and you ask your Siri. Um, you know, what's the closest five-star restaurant near me? And it just does it. You don't have to go to Google. Google doesn't have the opportunity to display ads. That's kind of the, the biggest threat to them. But Google's already working on uh, bringing in their own version of this, uh, which they call BARD. They're having a press conference. ChatGPT is having a press conference today talking about Bing. And Google's having one later this week um, to kind of give you an overview of how they're going to plan on implementing um, their version of it into Google search. Yeah, I actually just read an article, I think it was today, about Baidu. Their stock kind of surged a little bit because they announced that they're going to be putting their own spin on ChatGPT and putting their own AI bot out in the coming however long. So they're going to be releasing something as well soon. Yeah, and you actually had a good point about, like, I always refer to, like, Siri and how he or she doesn't understand me. So I think with ChatGPT as well, like, it's all about the query and getting it right even if it takes you several times to get the responses you need, right? <clears throat> yeah. So let's get into using AI products like ChatGPT and others uh, like to design websites and create uh, robust animations, voiceovers, and even more. Um, what do you see as pitfalls and opportunities for digital marketers uh, using these AI products? Uh, in the beginning, uh, some of the biggest problems or pitfalls that we're seeing is like bias and errors. So depending on what kind of subjects you're talking about, um, if it's mathematics, you know, and you're not a mathematics person, you still probably need a mathematics person to review the content because it answers very confidently, but there are errors. It will, it will give you the wrong answer confidently. Um, inside of an agency, a lot of what I could see being an issue is lack of creativity where potentially a management might say, oh, great, I have a tool. I'll just put my low-end people working on it. And just let them go, right? Because you could easily see that being a, uh, a thing you'd want to do because it seems obvious. The problem is we're not there yet in, with the technology. It might maybe five, ten years from now, we're at the point where these things are trained and the cost is efficient enough. Um, and the other thing is like over-reliance on technology and marketing is never good because you actually have to understand the why things are working and why things are not working. Uh, if you don't understand the why, then you're never going to be able to optimize um, your campaigns. Some opportunities, you get your increased efficiency and scalability. So you can train these data sets uh, to auto-answer emails if you need them, to respond to customer support uh, chats if you want them. Um, the thing I'm most excited about is the training of your own data models, which is we can use our data that we currently have, and we can push push this through the models to 
give us future forecast predictions. It could give us uh, written out reports. You know, like Ron, instead of getting like a Excel file with a whole bunch of pivot tables in it, you get a written out executive summary based on that pivot table. Totally. Which game changer, right? In terms of being able to efficiently process. Uh, and then personalization is a nice opportunity. That's, you know, uh, I think the more we get comfortable with this and figuring out how users like to interact with them, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with how we develop them. Will we develop AI characters to go with them? Will we have like uh, a new kind of phone call system where we're just calling, like calling a chat bot and talking to them instead of talking to the actual company and understanding that and that has certain options in it. So there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they pan out. Totally. So moving on to the next emerging technology, virtual reality, augmented reality, and wearable tech. How do you see the multifamily industry utilizing these technologies in the future? Yeah, this one is very interesting because this is like a whole new category where AI is kind of like doing what we do, just automated, where VR and AR is like, how do we, how do we add the computer to our everyday? Uh, I think VR makes a lot of sense for virtual reality tours like a Matterport. Put on my glasses. I'm sitting in my office now. I'm in now. I'm touring the the property. That to me makes perfect sense. That's not a big leap. I think there's going to be a lot of in home uh, technology, smart home stuff, vacuums, air conditioners, like potentially just wearables. So, like you live in a community, and the community wants to be as green as possible. Uh, you could have it where your phone is tracking you when you're 10 minutes from home. The air conditioner turns on instead of the air running all day. Little things like that are really going to be the next level wearables. It's going to be all those little things that help you. Now, super cool stuff on AR for maintenance and repair, like uh, Microsoft HoloLens, for example. Mm -hmm. They have the ability now to wear their lenses and you can be inside of a job site and it will outline where you need to go, what pipe is has a leak in it, where are you seeing decompression in the pipes. So fully be able to walk a building and see behind all the walls. So a ton of interesting stuff in the maintenance and repair buildings. And then again, energy efficiency, I think, is going to be a big driver for a lot of the VR, AR stuff. Yeah, right on. Even like, yeah, the wearable tech and your own tours, like people sometimes they do your own touring. I mean, that could help guide them to the community. They go through the floor plan and kind of have like that virtual experience could be pretty, pretty neat. So the next technology has been emerging for quite some time now. What are your current thoughts on voice search technology? And if you see this as a, as a place apartment marketers will want to focus on? Yeah, me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of voice search just because I don't see it uh, being used by very many people. I think you're limited based on what people are willing to search out loud for around other people. Because if you can't, if you can't get past that point, then you're not going to replace Google. Right? It's easier just to search on your phone or use a chat GPT to get a response. Because if I, based on voice search, I need to ask it something while talking. So what are the, what would I be willing to on the bus say? Hey, can you find me a two bedroom apartment that's less than 1200 bucks? Probably not going to say that on the bus. Can you find me a Quiznos nearby? Probably not going to say it on the bus. So I think voice search in home, my hands are full. I got the kids. Makes perfect sense. As like an assistant, I don't think it replaces traditional search. I think it's just a different, uh, it's like if you had to call like 1-800-MOVIE phone. Would you do that anymore? No, I mean, finding an apartment is really a visual experience at the end of the day versus like a voice experience for sure. Yeah, and that's where VR brings you in, right? Because mm -hmm. you can give them the entire experience of the property through that verse. You know, a website's still kind of a 2D representation. It's a little bit more movement, a little bit more update than a flyer, but traditionally it's the adapted version of a flyer. So, but VR would be 
like making a, you know, like a pop-up experience where if you really want to sell that high-end luxury uh, property, you can bring them into the showroom. It could be like a blank wall that's clear plexiglass, but when they put on their AR glasses, boom, they're walking through. Oh, watch out for the couch. Don't bump into the couch, that type of thing. Really let them feel it. You could, if you have them in the room, you can control the experience even more, like with, you know, scents and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of great uh, new VR, AR marketing coming up. It's just a question of where's the technology going to pivot. Right now, the problem is the cost of the headsets. I think we got compute down, uh, just really a lot of upfront costs for something that's not proven yet. Yeah. And again, for the industry, they're going to want to see the ROI. There's no doubt about that. Right. And make sure those headsets are, or the technology stays on site. <laughs> so uh, I know we push this a lot, uh, Martin and I, and, and uh, the team in our department of CEO, but what's your perspective on the rise of short form video? And do you see it as an evolving trend more and more for apartment marketers? Yeah, I see a short form video as our first step to the AR VR evolution, getting us used to short, quick experiences. Because the problem with AR and VR is a lot of people get motion sickness. So they can have a pleasurable experience for like 20-ish minutes. Yeah. With technology, we're getting it better. Like some of the new meta stuff they're working on is like an hour, no problem. But still, it's limited time. And a lot of what we're doing like on short form video is like, I call it like uh, channel surfing. Like what we used to do back in the 90s. You click the button. I'm just, I'm on TikTok. I'm seeing what's coming next. I don't, I'm not planning to look for anything. So you really got to think about it like TV advertising. So I think there's a tremendous amount a brand building available in short form. And I think that's probably where the, the majority of the focus in return would be. First, trying to do like a lead generation, probably a little bit trickier, but definitely brand building is where short form video lets you shine. Nice. Okay. So moving on to the next one, definitely one of my favorite topics. Do you see blockchain and Web3 technology taking users away from big tech companies like Google and Meta uh, with platforms like DuckDuckGo, which is a private search engine, Brave Browser, uh, which is Web3 web browser, and then that allows you to actually earn crypto while you search without, you know, the users actually get paid to use the search engine or decentralized social media platforms like Minds, allowing you to post pretty much as you please without any restrictions. Uh, how do you feel about these type of technologies for our industry? Yeah, I think you know what it is. We're just coming up to an edge of our current tech understanding on on web. You know, we're, we're kind of restricted on the new technology. So a lot of these new, like, Web3 tech, there's nothing, I don't think there's nothing there that's uniquely different from Web2. You're just kind of changing who owns the database and who has access to write and read the database. So to me, it's not that, that big of a deal. Now, on the privacy security, definitely, those have major benefits. I just don't know anybody who's really concerned about it. They say they're concerned, but people would much, much rather have... Um, ease of use and privacy, right? The biggest problem for like Bitcoin and stuff like that, it's impossible to use. It's very difficult to go to the store and buy a loaf of bread with a Bitcoin. You got to have like 10 devices. You got to remember a keychain and have a QR code. It's too, it's too, it's too hard to use. Sorry, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there's a lot of buzz around Google Analytics UA uh, set, uh, sunsetting in June of this year. Can't believe it's already happening. With the rise of the deep analytics like GA4 and living in a cookie-less world, um, how would you see this playing out with keeping your source of truth accurate and maintaining uh, data integrity? Yeah, this is a, this is a challenge. Uh, 
I know Martin, when we first found out about it, I'm like, what are they doing? But it, it makes sense. Uh, definitely, you know, the same the same kind of problem Web3 is trying to fix with privacy and security. Um, the federal government is wanting to make sure that our, our privacy is not being violated. Um, so it totally makes sense. I think the biggest problem uh, going away from from this kind of tracking is just relying on a reporting to catch up. We have a lot of third-party reporting platforms that we use. Um, so we just have to make sure that they're all all caught up with uh, integrating and that we're keeping up with the latest trends of what the new cookie list type of uh, uh, data tracking is. They have a lot of interesting things like digital fingerprints and cross-device uh, cross tracking. Uh, but it really comes down to, is this going to be good enough or is the federal government going to come and ask us to change it again, which most likely will happen. It's just a question of, um, are we going to, are we going to be able to uh, maintain data integrity going forward, continuing? So it might be a thing where we start saving our data and downloading our data and storing our data offline just to have it as a backup versus traditionally we leave it in the cloud because it's never going away. Google will store it forever. We might want to keep it offline so that we could use it even if in the future it goes away. Actually, a good point. Yeah, it's a good idea. So our last topic is around the idea of AI being everywhere and how software is eating the world. With the rise of Uber, Airbnb, Tesla self-driving cars, and more machinery and software automation than ever before, how do people compete in this new world of technology taking over everything? Yeah, I don't know if it's taking over everything. I think it's just our transition. Uh, when we were kids... Computers were just coming into the classroom mm -hmm. in the early 90s. Uh, my mom used to tell me, don't go on that computer. You're wasting your time. Go outside and play. I spend, spend the majority of my time in front of a keyboard. Um, so I think it's more of just understanding the, 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 the technology, understanding how that relates to your business. Right? It really just comes down to thinking about it as a tool. Right? It's, not a, it's not a business killer uh, in, any, in any way like that. Like Airbnb didn't kill hotels. They just saw there was a pocket where hotels are being inefficient. Same thing with Uber. Uber is a little bit, you know, they're a taxi company that figured out a way to skirt the taxi regulation. So it's a little bit different. Same kind of thing with Airbnb. Tesla, you know, Tesla is a little bit different. Self-driving, that might be a real thing. Uh, just because that's a hard cost and a job. Um, but I, I, I think the majority of what's going to happen is we're just going to go through the refinement process like we just did. Uh, through getting everybody into the office. I consider it like part of our next evolution of we went from everybody in the farms to everybody in the factories to everybody in the office. Now it's going to be everybody at home. And we're just going to have a more diversified work-life uh, balance going for, going forward. I like that. Oh, sure. <clears throat> so obviously this kind of wraps up our emerging technologies topics for today. There's so much more we could talk about. So obviously in our industry, we have had a lot of great uh, business partners um, uh, partnerships, that is, by way of the multifamily industry. And where iZone came to be is because more and more of our clients had, like, even spouses who had businesses. Uh, we had vendor partner friends who, to this day, we still work with. We're so honored and excited to work with them and help get them, some, in some regard, off the ground and launch their businesses. And I realized that we needed to have a, a more focus on all those industries and, and make them make us agnostic versus apartment SEO clearly obviously being more for the multifamily. And I wanted, I didn't want to dilute that. I wanted all the, the employees at apartment SEO to focus hundred percent in POC apartments and iZone could be the best of the best for all other industries. So obviously we, as you know, Rob, we work in, you know, multifamily, I mean, I'm sorry, we work in healthcare, 
we work in government, we work in nonprofits, uh, restaurants, medical, elective, medical, home services. So you name, and then also the vendor partners that we work with in multifamily. So it's a good, uh, good blend. Cool. So did you guys want to get into any big news or updates you want to share on behalf of iZone Marketing? Yeah, yeah, we're going to be uh, launching uh, iZone One here shortly. Uh, we're going to be putting our uh, request page up here shortly. But really, what we we really worked on building, uh, trying to get all of the tools that we use for these small business uh, together in one place. Uh, so what we did was we started working from okay, we have a reporting. We want to bring in our social media content creation. We want to bring in our reputation management. We want to bring in our website creation and management all into one place so that our clients can see all the work that we're doing. They can see all the leads that we're bringing in for them. Uh, and they can also process the leads and marketing through the system. We have a lot of really great features that, uh, that we worked on putting together. Uh, but a lot of the, the main things we, we wanted to focus on was helping small businesses be able to do their own social media marketing. Uh, we, we found a, a a lot of small businesses have a hard time trying to go from Facebook to Instagram or to go to TikTok and do their publishing. So we kind of built out a social media marketing suite that has templates built in. So if you're an auto uh, repair company, we have like auto repair social posts pre-designed for you to give you a head start. Um, yeah, we have we can host your website, uh, WordPress website. We can create you a new website on there. We have marketing funnels. Uh, literally everything A to Z that you need to, to keep track of to understand how your marketing is performing from SEO, PPC, social media reputation, um, all inside Eyes on One. Yeah, some from top yeah. to bottom, they got you covered. It's definitely something I wish I had when I started <laughs> my first company. So that wraps up the show for today. So make sure to check out eyesonmarketing.com right slash one, and that's O-N-E. If you are a vendor for the multifamily industry or a general business in need of digital marketing services, let iZone take your business to the next level. Rob, thank you so much for joining and hanging out today. We will definitely have to do this again to cover more fun topics around technology and innovation. Any final words before we wrap it up, Rob? No, thanks again, Rob. Again, I know that we had 20 million th different things we could talk about. We try to squeeze it all into one uh, with the most uh, latest and greatest of what may be on people's uh, minds. Rob, I think you're amazing. Thank you again for being a guest and I hope you come back. Yeah, I'm super excited to to be on. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have another one where we can talk about some AI technology we've uh, built in for apartment SEO. Oh yeah, that's yeah, coming soon. <laughs> Alrighty, everyone, you know the deal. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, head to multifamilypodcast.com, subscribe right now. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. Also, if you want your free marketing analysis or reputation report card, go to apartmentseo.com to claim your community's free marketing analysis and set up a time to deep dive into how we can help your communities thrive online today. Until next time, bye everyone. Bye guys. Bye y'all. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily Podcast brought to you by co-founders of Apartment SEO, a premier Google agency with your hosts, Ron Ruiz and Martin Kinchola. Join us again next time as we continue to bring you the latest and greatest in the multifamily industry.